Hi guys and welcome to my third episode of my podcast Gardening with Nikki. Today we're going to talk to Jason the cloud gardener who is in Manchester and lives on the 18th floor and he has a fabulous balcony garden. Tune in and listen to Jason tell you all about his garden and why he started gardening. garden before or was it just like you thought I'll just start gardening and see how it goes or did you always want to try it and just thought a clock down's happened let's go for it? Do you know I've always had um, for the past six or seven years I've always had some form of plant either in the house not actually that's a line not in the house on, the, on my garden and it would normally be something like a marigold or a um or a geranium and so i thought to myself uh last year during lockdown oh now that we don't have anywhere to go um let me just try and make the most of my outside space and i just remember getting um some astroturf and i got a little bistro set so that i could sit outside and then I, do you know actually YouTube and the YouTube algorithm? I owe a lot of my lockdown gardening to that as well because I started to look into a little, one or two things and then I ended up the algorithm sent me through the whole of gardening YouTube world and so I, I thought well, let, let me try this, let me try this, and then everything just kind of exploded. Um, and last year a lot of it was uh, was grown by myself. This summer has been a little bit different, but um, it is interesting. It's been it's been an interesting journey, to be fair. And I, what I love about it is, and it's something that I'm quite po- passionate about talking about, is I talk about mental health because gardening for my husband who has severe depression and anxiety the garden is his sanctuary it's somewhere where he says he goes out and he forgets about you know everything else and and it just can't it helps him it lifts his mood just by being out in the garden he he's he likes flowers um whereas i'm more about growing food and he's, he likes to grow his own flowers for seed and nurture them and it, and design them. So it gives him, I suppose, a purpose and it takes his mind off. You know, sometimes I know he said to me with his anxiety that his brain doesn't always switch off so he could be, like, worrying about something, even things that maybe might not never happen. But he says when he goes out in the garden that it stops all that. It's just kind of, it's like a wee kind of... Oasis, happy place that he, that makes them just kind of calm and be with nature. So how does how does your 
God can help you. I think he is absolutely spot on the money there. I, I think uh, when it comes to anxiety and depression, I think unless you've been through it, I don't think you understand the how crazy it is sometimes. Like um, you, you can be obsessing. Your mind can obsess over the most ridiculous things. And in your own head, it's just completely amplified because it's the only voice that you hear. And nine times out of ten, whatever it is that you are fussing about, absolutely makes no difference to the grand scheme of things. So on my YouTube channel, I talk about this a lot. And one example I gave was uh, wanting to wear a particular jacket, but then this jacket is a bit brightly coloured, and then you think in your mind, "Ooh, actually." Maybe this is too bright, and then you spend all day obsessed over the fact that you're wearing this bright-colored jacket. But in reality, no one cares. But in your mind, that's what you think about. So when you have something like a garden, you can go outside, and all of those thoughts that you have, they absolutely vanish because actually you're more concerned about what it is that you're nurturing. And for me, in terms of my type of gardening. Um, I don't garden for the sake of gardening for pretty things or to have the most successful harvest. So I would, I like to experiment. So I could grow something, as I'm about to do today, is a video on, on tomatoes. But I grow tomatoes from Tesco's tomatoes <laughs> from the fridge, only because I, I'm really interested to see how they grow uh, because they're hybrids. And when it comes to flowers, it's the same thing. I will grow flowers. I'm not always interested in the end product. For me, it's about the actual growing itself. So it's looking at the different nuances in the actual flowers. So, for example, in one of my hanging baskets, I've got some weeds, and one of one of these weeds grew and then got blocked by um, a container that was above it. And it found a way to grow anyway, and it was one of the tallest plants in my garden. And I just thought, listen, if this little weed could um, find a way to grow, then you know sometimes I need to make sure in my own mental health journey that I'm pushing myself to grow as well. And it just so happens that Tracy, my bumblebee friend who comes to visit me, that happens to be Tracy's favourite flower. And so I thought to myself, listen. Most people would normally get rid of that plant because it's classified as weed. But actually, if you give something a chance, it will find a way to flourish. And actually, it then became beneficial to Tracy. So that's kind of that's kind of my take on gardening. <laughs> that makes any sense? No, it definitely does. I think everybody gardens for a different reason. For me, I think I didn't even know that you know I was going to start gardening. My husband has arthritis and he struggles to kind of with his joints to be able to go down a weed and we have quite a large garden which we're we're quite lucky to have and he asked me to start doing the weeding and I remember one day like my friend texting me and, and me saying I was just doing the weeding but like I kind of felt as if I went outside and because I think because my husband has anxiety and depression I think sometimes when you're trying to care for someone that your mind's always going and then I think when I'm out I realised that actually it gave my t- my mind a time to quiet and I thought oh I quite like this when I go out and it's like and then I started to just 
I've always liked nature. I, I mean, I'm a nursery teacher, so I love being outside with the kids. I love being in the mud. That's just me as a person, but I just like mud and I've always liked playing in the mud and stuff. So I think I realised, hang on a minute here. Like, this garden is actually, when you go outside, it actually helps you. And it, it, it really did, I felt, boost me um, to be able to come back in and say, right, do you know what, I've been out, I've done the garden, and, and plus I thought, it looks great. I'm like, oh, look, I've, I've weeded and now that bit's looking great. For me, it was like an accomplishment that I thought, I've done that and now it looks fantastic, whereas other people be like, I hate weeding, whereas I quite like weeding. But I kind of am on the side of you now because I'm... I'm be, I'm be friendly and I think that someone told me at my allotment about weeds and they said, they're like, why don't you like weeds? And I said, oh, because they take over your plot and that. And, she, and they said to me, but weeds are only really a plant you don't want. And I was like, oh, that kind of changed my whole thing. And plus the whole wildflower and making your garden more wildflower friendly for the bees because you know bees need to pollinate things and we don't have bees I think the scariest thing and I talk about it a lot and I don't really think a lot of people really truly understand is if bees die and you know it could be four years before we would have no food or no plants you know bees all different types of bees wasps um, honeybees, bumblebees if we don't look after them really how do we pollinate our food so we're all part of the same ecosystem and it's something you need to look after and I'm very passionate about the bees and speaking about them and I just say it's great Now I agree with you 100% I think um, so over, over lockdown um, I kind of got into bees and ants and looking in to some of the insects and when it comes to weeds there are some weeds that actually grow at specific times when solitary bees are supposed to be emerging and so if we like get rid of all of those weeds we are taking away the food source for some of these solitary bees who rely on these said weeds that are weeds to us but actually are really important and vital to to some of these bees, dandelions, for example, are one of them. Um, but then having said that, you know, I, I tried to experiment earlier on in the year, releasing my own bees on the balcony. So I released some uh, mason bees, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, it didn't quite go to plan, but the weather had a, a big part to play on that. and so they emerged way too early and I just didn't have the flowers that I needed on, on, on my balcony. But for me, it was, it's been interesting seeing that actually, even without the bees that I've released not staying, I do have my own bees that come to visit me. So I've seen white-tailed bumblebees, red-tailed bumblebees, um, and quite recently honeybees as well. And so it got me thinking in terms of how we use our urban spaces, our small spaces, is you know, this garden is, is evidence that actually just having some flowers in your balcony garden can really make a difference to, to, to your wildlife, especially living in a city centre like I do. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think for me, because it's probably something that I've never ever thought about, is because we live in a kind of suburb, so we we have the garden. And I think it's great to, to see someone like you 
gardening in small spaces because I think people think you know when I've said to people have you got have you got a garden they're like no I've got a well we say veranda it's the same thing as as balcony um in Scotland and and I'm like but you could put flower pots on that you could you could garden in that you could have a space and I think people always think no I don't have a garden I've got I've just got a space and I think sometimes it's changing people's perspective of you can garden anywhere if you want to and I think you showed just I, I was looking at your video the other day that you did of your tour of your balcony I thought wow that's amazing you know you would never think you could get as many stuff and as many plants as, as you've got and, and your wee pond as well you know which is fantastic your little kind of water feature that you've got I think it's amazing Thank you very much. I mean, that's one of the one of the reasons that I uh, started the whole YouTube thing anyway. Because once I started gardening, I couldn't find any representation for balcony gardening, and it sounds strange, but it it actually is a little bit of a different science. So for me, for example, on a hot day it's normally around about 10 to 15 degrees higher than it is on ground level. And so it opens up a whole world of what actually is the correct plants for me to grow. So when I follow along YouTube channels or, um, or any form of UK gardening books, sometimes what is the norm to grow actually doesn't really make sense for me. So an example would be something like lettuce or spinach. I cannot, for the life of me, outside of winter growing spinach uh, or lettuce any salads because they just bolt so when it gets to say february march uh, if it's 10 to 15 degrees down here uh, on the ground level it's, it's we're coming up to, <laughs> to 28 30 on the, on the cloud garden at times so i've had to learn actually you know there's things that I would like to grow, but the reality is I cannot grow that. So what can I grow? And that's been a real big lesson for me. So um, one of the one of the veg that I'm growing at the moment that I absolutely love is Malabar spinach. Uh, that is a it's actually a climbing variety of spinach, and it's climbing up my arches on my balcony, and that grows in full sun and vines like. I don't know what, it's absolutely crazy. Um, but it's these small little nuances that I'm finding. Actually, you know what, as a balcony gardener, yes, I can garden. No, I can't follow the same path as everyone else, but actually I can do this little bits and pieces that are slightly different um, and still have a successful garden as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and has it, has it um, changed your confidence with gardening? Because I feel like when I started growing food, I kind of, I remember saying to my husband that I wanted to grow food and he said, go, we'll do it then. I was like, I can't. And he was like, and I do suffer from low self-esteem, which has got better over the years, over the last couple of years, just with gardening and meeting new people and obviously doing this. I would never have done this a couple of years ago. I probably would have been like, oh no, me, no, go on camera. That would have been my worst nightmare. Whereas I think gardening it opens a new world to you and I think when you've got a passion for something and even just like we locked down with me my, the same as you uh, I've got asthma so I had to work from home and I decided we've got a greenhouse I thought I'm just going to grow 
I mean, I grew too much. I ended up giving it to people at my allotment. I mean, they had loads of plants, like, which is good because people got to use it and they're like, great, here comes Nikki with our plants. But do you know what? It gave me, like you're saying, so I thought, right, what can I grow? And I grew everything, like, and had no enough space for it. But do you know what? I gave it away and everybody enjoyed it in their plots and gardens and things. But I think for me, it was like, for me, it was almost a boost of, oh wait a minute here I can do this because I think sometimes when I started watching like Gardeners World and uh, the Beach Grove I kind of thought oh god they're dead like and they are you know they're, they're good gardeners they're, you know they know what they're talking about but I think sometimes when you're it's daunting when you're starting out you think how am I going to be able to grow things because these people look like they're just they know everything and I'm not going to be able to do that and I think for me it gave me more confidence and then like my my like husband was like just do it just do it and I'm like okay I'll do it and my friends and work you know I was talking about gardening and doing it in the, the nursery and they were uh, one of my friends um Gary he said why don't you start an Instagram and I was like why would anybody want to speak to, or listen to me and he's like I think you're dead interesting I think you should be doing it like and I thought and I thought about it because I was like oh I don't know like, I'm not confident and I didn't want to put any pictures on um and he's like just do it so I wasn't well I had like a chest infection just pre kind of um, corona kind of happening in the world. It was like Christmas, and I and then something just made me go. Do you know what? I'm just going to start it. And then I think when I look back, it I started with just pictures, and then my videos were like me saying, "This is my greenhouse." And now I'm on the camera and I'm doing this podcast, and I I, I honestly can't actually believe the whole transformation for me just starting a wee bit of gardening and now looking at the difference in me as a person just from the people I've met taking just taking the chance and just going do you know what if it dies it's fine you know I can see oh what happened like you're saying like so what grows where you've got it and I think now I'm like I see everybody even my mum I've got my mum into gardening now. I gave her some plants and she's sending me videos and pictures and all that. Like, look how my look how my veggies grow and look at it. And I think it's great because I'm like, do it, try it. You know, it might not work out, but hey ho, you've tried it and you and it's something that get, brings a whole new. Like I've met loads of people like through like all different ages and it's just amazing. Like to give and then giving it to the children as well that I work with and my nephews who are like you know, like three to five, and it's like ch- seeing children being amazed by growing pumpkins and things, it's kind of starting off a loving them, that they might be gardeners, you just never know. Exactly, I think that's, it's just so important. It, you, when you start, you don't realise how much you can change your life. And I think for me, last year, because I was trying to do what is the norm and not what works for my balcony, I got really frustrated and I think it was it was my change of attitude and just having to learn to accept what I cannot. Um, it kind of falls into something that I talk about a lot when it comes to mental health is um, your circle of influence. And there are so many things, like for example, on my balcony, one of my biggest, although I talk about the heat and the sun, actually that's not really one of my biggest things at all. My biggest thing is the wind. And sometimes that wind can just come from nowhere. So it upended uh, my greenhouse and I lost all of my seedlings that I'd started. Um, I 
so I think that happened around about March. But there were things like delphiniums and foxgloves and hollyhocks that I started the year before, ready for this growing season. And it, the greenhouse completely upended, everything was destroyed. And it was heartbreaking. I think because you put so much effort and heart and soul into growing these and nurturing these poor little seedlings, and to lose them all was, was a big shock to the system. But in a way, it was a blessing because I never thought to have as many cut flowers as I do now. And so that learning lesson was was one that I needed to learn, that A, things just don't go to plan all the time, and that's also fine. And then, you know, it opened up this new journey with all of these new flowers that I've, I've started to grow. And it's kind of like combining everything now. Now I know how to do know my my salads and my self-sufficiency because that was the focus of last year now I've learned how to grow cut flowers so now I'm thinking next year because I think that's what we do as gardeners we're always thinking about the next season next year I'm thinking oh okay how am I going to incorporate my love of self-sufficiency with including some cut flowers for the pollinators <laughs> and yeah, I just wasn't at that stage, you know, at the beginning of, of the journey. I was constantly frustrated with the fact that actually I couldn't get the garden where I wanted it to be. But now I'm like, I'm understanding all the, the nuances. So yeah, it's, um, as you say, it's, it's all really interesting. And then uh, the whole starting of the YouTube channel for me and Instagram, that, that was very difficult as somebody with anxiety and depression and I, I, I didn't think that I would be able to do it and I think just like you I, I woke up one day and I was just like just do it just do it and I remember doing a video and um and then starting the social media starting the um Instagram and I had no clue because when it comes to social media I'm not very good and I've stayed away from social media completely because it just has a negative effect on my mental health um, and what I've noticed is because everything is plant related that I do so uh, I don't have uh, an Instagram as Jason uh, my Instagram is Cloud Gardener and what I've learned to do is just have people who are within the plant community on my Instagram feed so all I see are plants and greens and that is becomes actually a healthy space and what you don't realize when you start Instagram is what a community uh, there is for gardening so there's community of people from all different ages all different experience levels and it's just everyone's in it together and everyone's cheering each other on um, and so when you start to like get your friends and family into gardening and then they also become part of that gardening community it's like everyone's helping each other it's such a lovely experience definitely a hundred percent agree um i used to have my own facebook and actually, I actually just cut it off because it was, it's not that, it, I think there's just a lot of negativity on like Facebook and Instagram and yeah. when it is just like, cause you, people start to kind of put negative things out and, and I'm not saying there's not negativity on uh, the gardener, uh, there is people you know who sometimes will comment on my page and, and uh, like I've never said I'm an expert gardener, I'm not, like you know I'm learning, I, I learned from my husband and his papa and I'm doing a course but I'm never going to be an expert, I, I do it 
you know, for fun and I do it, I do what I do and what works for me and people, but that's not the way you do it. And I'm like, well, maybe that's not how you do it, but that's how I do it. You know, because we're all different. And then, then my husband was getting annoyed because at first because he was like saying, oh, I'll answer them back. And I was like, no, listen, do you know what? Let's just block the people and just like, let's not have the negativity. But that's that was the start. Whereas now, like, if someone's going to say something that's not nice to me, I just delete it and block them, I think. Because they're looking for a reaction. And I think a lot on, Insta- on Instagram and TikTok and and. Um, even YouTube, I think you just need to kind of try and steer on the the fact that like you're saying like there's so many people you've met, so different, you, you get to see different things, like I'm more of a person who would say, instead of saying that's not how I do it, I'd be like, oh that's quite a good idea, I could try that, rather than, you know, people try to tell you what you do, but I definitely think, I, I don't have any on my own Facebook now, and my name you know, I tried, I started out like you, so I decided I would be Gardner Nikki, Nikki Gardner. My name is Nikki, but Gardner's not my last name. But um, I decided that I would have that as, that was my gardening person, that's me, that's my gardening kind of, I don't know, like superhero type thing, that's me, I, I'm Nikki I'm Gardner. Um, and it gave me, I kind of suppose it probably gave me the confidence because not everybody at first not everybody knew in my family my husband knew my friends who'd encouraged me to do it knew and then as it started to get a wee bit better and stuff I would say oh yeah I'm doing this garden thing and then more people were looking at it and it's I, I think it is good to just keep like you're saying it's things that you're interested in rather than sometimes negative things coming on and you thinking oh god that's a bit negative and then it upsets you just stick to your passion it's so true um and, and for me when, when it comes to those elements of, of social media i really try to focus on what it is that that makes me happy and sometimes it is the gardening stuff and then when you get the negative comments um i've i was i used to think about deleting and blocking but then i'm like well actually i'm validating that person so i don't even do that anymore because I know it probably irritates them even more that I'm not even responding. <laughs> um, but then, having said that, uh, when it comes to like Instagram and YouTube, and you are joining a community, but I've also learned that you're building a community as well. And so, I didn't, I didn't think that I would have people who are just as invested into my garden as as myself and so it's really really nice to have like a little bit of an extra support network but um my mental health videos that i do they they are completely different that that was essentially i think my my first one or two was essentially just me sat in front of my camera just talking and then that became really therapeutic just getting out how I felt and I never thought I was going to end up posting it on social media um and I ended up I think I had one day where I was just like you know what just do it because I have these days (laughs) so just do it and I never in a million years thought that anyone would be interested in watching it um anyone would even care and to, to see the reaction from you know me sharing you know, my point of view on a bad mental health day 
I didn't realize that so many people went through the same thing or that it would even resonate. And I've got better at trying to articulate myself when I'm going through those moments. But what helps me the most is seeing the comments from, uh, and just seeing that other people are relating and feel the same. And so, um, again, I'm, although social media has its gripes, I'm learning that actually they can be positives for social media. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's great that you 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 are talking about your mental health and how you're like you're seeing on a bad day because I find it like you're saying as much as like I talk about depression and anxiety with my husband you know I always say to him I, I don't know how it feels you know and it, that a lot of things for him was talking to me even in the even in the the bad um times you know even like talking about you know having suicidal thoughts and things which you know I I would say talk to me and let me know how you're feeling because then I can help you and you know that was a big problem for my husband was that at first he couldn't talk to people he kept it all in and then you know I was like just kind of chipping away at just tell me how you're feeling even if it's bad and I think I always say that if you talk to me we can always sort it out there's nothing in life that you can't sort out you know even if you think it's bad we'll sort it out and I think people like yourself who are talking about how you feel actually gives people like you're saying you were saying oh people feel the same as you it gives people comfort to think you're not alone and, and it's easy to say you're not alone but when you find somebody who feels the same way as you and you think like you're saying oh people are like people think like me it gives you to think oh there is people out there there's hope and it can get better and it definitely can and I just I think it's amazing that you are on YouTube talking about it and giving people hope Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I think that is really important to me, being able to do that, but also um, having people who, like you say, may not understand. You know, sometimes people accidentally stumble across my content, um, the mental health content, because they've joined for the gardening, and they might accidentally watch one of those videos, and then they begun. They might have someone in their own life who's going through something similar to, to me, and then uh, letting them hear the other side of it, so that they then understand how to then approach. Like the fact that your husband can, can speak to you on that level is is absolutely amazing. Because I can tell you, the last thing that you want to do is have to stand there and explain to somebody how you feel because nine times out of ten you haven't even processed how you feel so to then be able to stand there and then communicate what it is that's going through your head when you don't even understand i mean props off to him and to you to have such a strong bond so you can you can even contemplate having those conversations i think that's absolutely awesome yeah uh, thank you <laughs> definitely i mean definitely we we have got a good bond and and i've always said to him you know you can tell me anything and i think that was part of the probably like you're saying at first i don't we i don't think my husband realized he did have depression at first i think he just didn't understand how he felt and then i think i researched into like kind of things i was seeing and and then the both of us kind of started kind of coming to the same conclusion that you know I think you've got depression and 
I think then that's when we started to try and deal with it and I've always said like let's talk about it let's get through it together and I think sometimes like I know that Jess and JJ were saying that they had get negativity you know from friends or family or work colleagues about talking about um that you know JJ had anxiety and sometimes people pull back for you and I have had that myself where you know I would maybe no talk about my husband's depression and anxiety because I could see people kind of, they don't know what to say, so they would then think, oh, I don't know what to say to you, so I'm just going to avoid that subject and I'll just go away over here. Whereas, you know, now, which meant me going to my shell a bit, whereas now when I started the gardening and when I started my new work, when I work now, um, I just was on, I was just honest with them because, you know, see, some days, even as somebody who's supporting somebody with anxiety and depression you have days where you're like I'm not having a good day today and you need to have I've got a great support group at work my friends that I've got now you know I can go in I can tell them anything you know I, I just whatever's happening I go in and I tell them and I say I'm not having a good day today this is happening and it gives me that and my mum and dad and Neil's mum are just like are, are fantastic as well just to have people to say we need we need a wee bit of help come and support us whereas I did have you know comments made before of and I, I hate it when people say oh just tell me to man up or or I'll just tell me to get on mate it's not that bad and I'm like do you actually understand what it's like you obviously don't know what it's like to be depressed if you're saying these things to me and these are the worst things you can say and the worst thing I was ever kind of asked was why don't you just leave them because that's what I would do. And I was like, why would I leave somebody I love? Because I was like, I, I can't understand your thinking of, you know, someone is struggling, so I'm just going to say I'm going to leave. No, that's not what you do. You love somebody and you help them get through it and you find ways. And, I, and for me, that was one of the main things that made me kind of go into my shell a bit and think, you know, I would just, I would just kind of get on with it and just kind of clawed on and work and think it'll be all right I want to get home I'll see if he's okay and I think I changed my whole kind of attitude towards mental health was why why are we why do people just feel like that where they can't say things because there's a stigma and hopefully I'm hoping with like new celebrities and you know even us talking about it online that the more people talk that there won't be a stigma of people and we can just openly talk to each other. I think that's uh, 100% correct. And, you know, I, I was speaking to someone recently and I was looking through my YouTube um, analytics and in actual fact, I have, um, you know, on some of my mental health videos, there will be a majority of female subscribers who will comment on the video, but I actually have more males who watch the video and that for me is really really telling it's, it's the guys are there and they want the help and they, they 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 probably are looking for someone to be a little bit more relatable um but it, it things like that means like actually we do need to do a bit more work and we do need to have a bit more conversation and i'm, I'm hoping that through my channel um it becomes more of it becomes more normalized so one of my last videos was called um a check-in and i just think it's really important that actually we do check in on our friends because i for example am one of those people who will if i'm trying to work through things 
<laughs> overanalyze things. Uh, and I'm going through about anxiety. The first thing that I would do is immediately draw back and I'll be, you won't hear from me. And because my personality is normally quite big and bright and smiley and happy, everyone normally would think that you're okay. Um, and sometimes it's actually the people who you think are the strongest, they're the ones who are probably suffering the most because they feel this, uh, they have to carry everybody else. They have to you know, make everyone's day brighter, but actually it's not necessarily the case. Um, and so I think after that, after that video, a, a, lot, a lot of my friends talked about that actually, it became a thing we were like, ah, oh, you know, I, I started to check in on a couple of my friends and you know, they weren't actually okay. And so thank you for making that video because you know, the people who I thought were okay actually are not okay. Um, so I just think that small things like that, that, that like on my channel and conversations like we're having now will probably in time help people just to normalize these conversations. Like people feel like this and we just need to talk about it and then we feel better. Yeah, definitely. Um... I think I spoke about my last podcast so I'm a nursery teacher and we do like you're talking about check-in so um, we do a kind of check-in with the kids there's there is a, a, a book called The Colour Monster if you have a child who um, if anybody who's listening or watching has a child um, there's a colour monster book and, it, and you can get a it's an actual monster teddy and the colour monster talks about all the different emotions and how they're feeling and it's okay and you know that's what I try to do is check in with the kids as well for like that young age, like three and four, like to start to say, well, I'm angry today because, or like I'm sad today because this happened and talk about your emotions. Cause I think, you know, a lot of the times, you know, kids don't even like you're saying, they don't, they don't know how they're feeling, but you put a name on, oh, this is what you feel like when you're sad. This is what you feel like when you're angry and it's okay to feel these feelings and it's good to talk. I think we need to do more like you're saying in schools, nurseries, and even in workplaces. I think that there should be there should definitely be mental health training. I think for everybody in the workplace, so that people like you're saying know the symptoms rather than you know some people might think you know somebody maybe is like you're saying withdrawn. They might think oh they've just been moody the day. Whereas you know if people actually stood back and thought right like you're saying are you alright the day you know is and it, they might be like, oh, I'm just tired. But I think we need to change as a society by looking at people we work with, with people in our family, friends, checking in and just saying, how are you today? And, you know, see that, how are you today? That could be something that somebody could just say, do you know what, I'm struggling today or this is how I'm feeling, I don't understand it. And it's just to have somebody there to listen and care. And it could be something, that could be the, the kind of changing point for for people and I do think we yeah. we need more kind of emphasis on yeah, that. I, I think I think you're absolutely right. I, I I think especially in the workplace as well, because I think that sometimes employers can can sometimes forget about the whole mental health side. I mean, throughout lockdown there was so much emphasis on on mental health and stuff like that. And now that we've gone back to you know, normality, it feels like sometimes some of that is gone. Some of that emphasis on the mental health side is gone. And I think in workplaces, sometimes people 
may see you having a mental health as a disadvantage but in one of my videos I talk about this quite explicitly actually um, I've learned how to weaponize my anxiety and so one of the things that that is an issue for me when I work is my mind will always tell me that I'm never good enough and so you've got like choices you can either accept that you're never good enough which is normally not the case or you, you flip it on its head and so for me rather than thinking oh I'm not good enough it, I will be like well, right listen here you I'm going to show you actually I am good enough so I end up working twice as hard I will find new ways to get the sales I'll find new ways to, to push the team new ways to do a whole load of things just so that my mind can't have the satisfaction of telling me that I'm not good enough um, but again there's not enough people like me who are challenging this narrative and throwing it back to the employer to say listen I may have this mental health issue but you know just give me a little bit of extra support maybe just give me that one extra phone call a week or whatever just double checking on me but I will get there because I don't want to be in a negative mental health position and I, I can do stuff so yeah, I think there's so much work that needs to be done all across the board, whether it's we start talking about mental health from a younger age, making sure that men are feeling confident enough to open up with others, but also with their with their male friends and colleagues and peers, and also in a workplace as well. Um, there's so much work to do. Um, like there's lots of talking about the work, but I would really love to see some of that actually, actually take place. So um, I'm grateful to have this platform to be able to, to try and help push that narrative. So yeah, <laughs> you were talking about like in the work and stuff, like about how you're, t- I can kind of relate to that when you're saying with the, the voice in your head saying you're not good enough because that's the way I used to be like before n- now like I used to have that mindset of you know my mind saying you're not good enough and I think no do you know what I'm going to do it and I'll prove it was almost like fighting against your own self saying no I'm going to do it and I'm going to prove myself that I can do it and I think now I just I kind of haven't got that mindset anymore I've got a mindset of I'll try it because I used to hate failure so failure for me was like the worst thing ever I couldn't cope with the fact that I'd failed at something it would it would annoy me but then I would still spur me on to go do you know what I'm going to do that again which I suppose in a way was a good is a good thing that I did kind of think no I'm going to do that again and try and get it and I can totally relate to the whole thing of being in work and thinking you know I'm not going to fail I'm going to do it because I mean the thing is now I look at it as failure is if you don't fail you never learn and that's the thing you know if everything was great and everything went perfect in life you, there would be no reason for you to say well I'm going to try something different because you would just keep doing the same thing so I think that's good to as well to talk about like yeah. failing is learn if you don't fail you'll never learn yeah and, and it's um, I think with, with anxiety uh, and depression, I think is there's an element of learning how to fail. It sounds really strange, but um, it's learning to fail and understand.
understand that you can come back from it because sometimes you, you can fail and you can take it really hard and uh, it, it's been really difficult to bring yourself out of the dark place because you, you it's like you've, you're allowing then your mind to consistently tell you that you are not good enough and this is this is why I told you that you couldn't do it because now look at the stage look at where you are now and in actual fact you know sometimes sometimes things just go wrong but what makes you a better person or what makes you a good person is is failing and then learning to pick yourself up and then try again and it's, it's really really hard lesson to learn and I can't quite say that I've mastered that yet <laughs> but you know I'm learning to understand my mistakes learning to to get better and learning to understand that actually sometimes there are some lessons to be learned for when you do fail um question is what do i do next how do i make sure that i don't fail again what can i put in place to do better the next time and once i've understood those little nuances for me then i can say right okay i've learned let's move on um but yeah, it, it's not it's not always easy, but it, it's a lesson I think people, whether you've got mental health or not, it's something that you need to, to really learn. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think um I think that for me as well, I remember watching Monty Dawn, who I, I, it's one of my favourite gardeners. My, I'm always going on about my husband's leg. <laughs> She's talking about Monty again. Um, but I was watching Gardner's World and I think that he had talked about, he'd done something and he said, oh, it failed, it didn't work. I, you know, I'm just going to take them out. I think it was like he was growing maybe squashes or something and they just didn't work. And he, he said, do you know that happens in gardening? And for me, that kind of was like a turning point of life that thought, I'm like he's on the TV. He's a big gardener. He's a celebrity, and he's just went on camera and just went. Well, that didn't work. I'm just going to take it out and put something else in there, and and I'll try them somewhere else. Maybe it was the soil. Maybe it was the light, or what. And he's just openly said, I failed on TV, but it's okay. It's fine. I'll try again. And I think that for me was like wow, because if somebody who's at that level of gardening can turn around and say everybody I failed I thought that's amazing for somebody to just be on a like you're saying on a platform and say it's all right everybody fails even me I, you know I'm wanted on but I failed and I think that changed my whole mindset of um stuff but yeah I, I talk about Monty all the time my husband's fed up but yeah I think you I think you do have people you look up to who's your favorite gardener or do you have one? It's true. I mean, uh, me, I actually don't. Um, and <laughs> the reason, the reason being is, I if if I have too many that I I like, I then begin that dangerous road of comparison. So I dabble in, uh, sorry, I dabble in between like Monty and just my favourite YouTube gardener but I've learned to not focus on every, what everybody else does because like we said before what they do sometimes doesn't work what I do um, and sometimes you, you watch these you watch YouTubers and it could be a house party YouTuber and you'll sit there and you'll think oh their plants are so amazing 
why are my plants not that amazing? And then when your plants don't do as well as theirs, you start to feel really rubbish that you're that this person's flowers or sorry plants are doing way better than yours. But actually, their their growing conditions are completely different. They have a different climate. They might have their their house might be in a completely different orientation to yours. And so you sit there comparing everything that you're doing to these people and. Reality is, you you try to emulate what what it is that they are teaching you, but actually, what they're teaching you is never going to apply to you. So I kind of learned to take a step back from doing things like that. And I will, I have my favourite kind of people, but I don't watch everyone religiously for those reasons because it messes up my own mental health. And um, one of the things that really kind of gets on my nerves sometimes with Instagram, within the whole gardening community, is sometimes. I, I wonder, are people gardening for Instagram or are you gardening for yourself? And so, you, sometimes you can go on and then your timelines are just flooded with the most beautiful, pitch perfect plants and flowers, and you will watch YouTube, tour, uh, YouTube tours of people's gardens and everything is fantastic. And I've decided that I am no longer going to be contributing to that mentality. So, my next uh, balcony garden tour and my indoor jungle <laughs> tour I'm going to really show everyone what my garden looks like and that means showing all the dead plants all the dead containers everything that's gone wrong in this garden inside and out I'm going to show it because I think it's really important that people don't just see the fluffy side of gardening and you know, the beautiful Instagram pictures because I don't want to contribute to anybody else's negative mind or negative mental health um, by people wanting to emulate me, especially brand new balcony gardeners. So there are certain conditions of my balcony garden that don't apply to other people's balconies. But I, I want people to be able to see that and I want to be able to express that, have a level of honesty with, with my channel, with what it is that I'm doing. So. Um, yeah, I find I find that um, really scary, and <laughs> it fills me with so much anxiety to actually put out content where everything is just rubbish. But at the same time, I think it's going to be a learning lesson for everybody. So. Yeah, I totally understand, and I totally relate to you. I have put a few posts on my Instagram. Um, not the podcast one but the the one that I started originally where I have said like that something I've done and I've showed the pictures and I've showed the video and said you know that just didn't work out like I, I don't know whether because I think I actually I, I've got a geranium and I had um and I had just one succulent in it and I, the other one I had I had cactuses and succulents and they they're still they're doing brilliant and they're growing flowers and everything and I put it on Instagram and I said I was you know I don't know what's happened with this succulent um it's itself and it's failed so I said do you know what I'm not going to worry about it what I'm going to do and I thought what what I tried was putting what I had in the other one so I put a succulent and a cactus in the next one and they two are now flourishing so I don't know whether they need, I, I, I would have to kind of study it more, but 
having the more plant maybe it's just more plants in it maybe the one being itself needed that extra nutrients from another plant or and i do say look and i've said it before look instagram is great and yeah there's some there is some gardeners who are big and big on instagram that have got you know millions of followers and and I don't ever see them, and they've got great, they've got gorgeous photos they have. I think, wow, they're amazing. But I've never ever heard them like you're saying, saying, "Do you know what this failed?" Because that's what I don't, I, I don't want people like, because I've got a young niece who, and I think it's different when you're when I was I'm I'm in my thirties, so when I was brought up, we didn't have Instagram and that, so you you just played and and there was uh, yeah there was an an aspect of you wanted to be like everybody else and have the the cool stuff but now like my my niece would put a picture on and say oh you know or oh, somebody said something about me wearing glasses or something and I'd be like no you're beautiful why are you letting that person upset you and I think that sometimes people try to be too perfect. And I'm like, nobody's perfect. See that person that puts that perfect picture on? That could be airbrushed. That could be, the, the, you know, they've used the filters on their phone. Nobody's perfect in life. And it's true, they're not. And I think I, what I want to do is, if people follow me, I want to be able, like Monty, to say, well, I failed at that, but you know what? It's fine, I'll try something else. Rather than, like you're saying, it, it's a high standard of people think well I need to be like that person and it could damage your self-esteem because you then think well you you might look at that and think well I can never get like that person so I'm just going to give up gardening which is just would be terrible so I think we need more exactly. more gardeners like me and you exactly. who are going to say and yes I totally agree with you because I was filming my um, plot in the garden and a, a butterfly Although I like, I want, I wanted butterflies to come into my mini plot in the garden, and I really wanted to go bro- broccoli for my rabbits. But the butterflies have absolutely, they've, they've eaten the leaves to death, so I don't know if it's going to give me broccoli. But I filmed it and went, do you know what? Somebody else would say, oh, the broccoli, you know, they would maybe take that out and put a new plant and kind of stop it. But then I'm just like, do you know what? I'm just going to leave it because see, at the end of the day, I've brought butterflies into the garden, so. Yeah, I might need to still buy my rabbit's broccoli from Morrison's, but I've brought something else into my garden, and, and, and it's the thing with the life cycle of the butterfly, so I'm like, do you know, and I thought, and I was kind of like, oh, that people will be like, oh, look at her broccoli, and I thought, do you know what, why do you care what people think? Who cares? You know, why do you care? Just, just, you've helped, you've helped the mini beasts, you're helping, because I think as well, even, like, my husband used to be, um, like we slug, we've got lots of slugs in our garden, the snails, and we used to be, we've got the rabbits, we've got a puppy now, so we don't ever use anything to like, we used to kind of put stuff down for the slugs to die and things, whereas I think with my, me talking about mini beasts and bringing stuff into the garden, my husband's even changed, like, because I said to him about all oh, the slugs are in, but then they're eating stuff and, you know, it's kind of keeping the, it's the wildlife, I can't say I want a wildlife, and then say you want to kill certain wildlife like the slugs so you've got to just let it all be and I think as well like other gardeners are coming into it I've had this conversation because somebody said to me are you an organic gardener and I said what I was organic and she said well you don't use pesticides or anything I said no I don't because at the end of the day if you want to bring if you want to bring things into your garden like bees so if you use weed sprays on on the weeds like you're saying the bees eat that and then they die so 
you've just got to let live and let everybody and I maybe maybe next year I'll need to plant some more broccoli because then maybe I might get a broccoli and the butterflies will get the rest but um definitely I think there needs to be more failure in Instagram that people and YouTube so that people can see that everybody's just human you know even celebrities they're human as well and I think that's what my husband's always said to me definitely and we'll do it we'll both be doing it on instagram and um just kind of chatting about stuff so what's your next plans then with your garden have you got something in mind for the the winter or are you not gardening in the winter and you're going to start again in the spring so um the thing with my garden is i think from roundabout october onwards i barely get any sun so I'm going to be sowing a whole load of stuff, but I don't necessarily believe that I'm going to get anything to harvest until February, February and March. Um, and that was another learning lesson for me last uh, last year slash this year. I planted a whole load of stuff in October, thinking I was going to get my, a Christmas harvest. No, my broccolis, they, they didn't, uh, broccolis, cabbage. Uh, cauliflower, none of that actually was harvestable until March. <laughs> so there was a good, you know, four or five months there. There was just nothing. So I think this year I'm going to be doing the same. I'm going to be doing, seeing what I can get away with um, out there through winter. But I'm also going to do a lot more indoor growing. I also have my indoor house plant collection. So there's, there's lots of things to do. And then I think as well I have like stuff or nuances in my garden that I can get away with that other people can't get away with I've really been told off by some experienced gardeners about doing it but because of the glass on my balcony it kind of is like a, a greenhouse or, or a cold frame a giant cold frame so I can actually grow tomatoes all year round out there wow. um, whereas normally they die off in the first frost but I don't get frost on my balcony so, um, for me, when, when it is cold, the frost normally goes along the glass. So anything behind the glass um, will normally stay safe. The only reason why I lost tomatoes this year, the plants, is because I leave everything to go rub. I, I don't do any of that pruning of tomatoes, but these tomatoes have kind of grown along the grass. Uh, sorry, grown along the glass, and because of that, they died. So this year I know well actually if I'm gonna if I want to try growing tomatoes all year round I'm gonna bring the bushes uh, away from the glass and just see see what happens. Um, but that's my kind of gardening. It's like that interesting uh, experimental bit. Like ooh, what can I do here? Um, so yeah, that's 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 the plan for winter. See how that goes. Ready for spring? Yeah. Sounds exciting. I don't know if you're like me. I mean, I like to. Um, well, I, I like to make plans, so I draw, like, I'll draw out my garden or, like, the box and I'll draw, like, my allotment, um, I'll draw it out and I'll say, right, next year, I mean, it does change, but see, when I first start to think that, because I, I think that I'm going to grow this, 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 and then I'll put it there, there, but then I end up researching and going, like, you, like, maybe, um, like that doesn't go well with that. And I'm like, all right, okay, I'll move that about a wee bit. And maybe I should just do, take a leaf out your book and just think, do you know what, I'm going to try them together rather than 
I mean, it might fail, but why? I'm just looking at the books thinking, hmm, they've seen that doesn't work well together. But I like to plan, so, but this year, I'm going to try and do it all in, in winter veg, so, which I've never done before. So, like you're saying, it might be a bit of a learning curve because I might start it and it might not get it to spring, the, the harvest, but I'm going to try and do that. Um, Probably in my polytunnel um, because we get quite a lot of frost um, and it's quite cold in Scotland. So my, the what the plot that I've got in my garden outside is probably not going to grow anything. But because I've got the polytunnel one um, allotment, I'm going to try and see what happens. So aye, it's exciting and I always because I always think I'm always like you're saying gardeners are always thinking because people say oh it's coming to the end of the season and that's you you're, you're finished. Whereas in my mind. I'm already thinking about what I'm going to do next year. Like, I'm thinking, oh, I might add a wee pond into my, my polytunnel thing next year. Like, like, things like that. Like, I'm like, oh, right, that sounds good. And I'm thinking my head's already going for next year, like, what I'm going to do. Whereas people probably just think, okay, just that's the end of the season, so you just forget about it. But it's not. There's a lot of preparation. Like, even in the garden, you've got to, to like, take all the plants, like, take all the plants out that are going to maybe die in the frost and like over winter stuff like we've got like fuchsias and stuff in the garden that maybe need kind of or dahlias that you take out and you put in the greenhouse or i've got herbs that i'm going to have to take in in over winter as well so there's a lot of stuff you can still do in the garden but you know it's amazing and it does it changes your life so i'm going to thank you for coming on and say it's been absolutely amazing for you coming on and I, I, I just love watching your your house plants i've got i bought myself some house plants um that i'll be putting on later and let you see what they are so i'm kind of i've got an idea of what i try and what to do they're going to be in the conservatory because it's a bit like a greenhouse that i'm in just now um and i've not i've not really i've not really had um is that bad No, no, I think it's going to be awesome, I think. So they're just baby ones just now. So I'm like, right, I'm going to try and see. I've not really had many houseplants. So um, it's kind of trial and error. So I'm just, I've got a couple of jars and I've got an old teapot that I'm going to revamp into a plant pot. So that's, that's what I'm, I'm going to have it in the middle of the table. So it's like as if it's tea, but it's not, it's like houseplants. Oh, that sounds really awesome. Thanks. But I'll 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 document it and you'll get to see it. But listen, thanks very much for coming on and thanks for talking about your garden and talking about raising um, awareness of mental health. It's been brilliant having you on the show. And you know you never know you could come back on again. And and definitely, if you ever want me to come on your YouTube channel or anything, um, then just ask and I can come on and chat. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So I'm going to let you go and go and enjoy the weather while it lasts. And I'll yeah. see you later. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Recording. Thanks for listening to today's podcast with Jason. Thanks very much to Jason for coming on and speaking about his balcony garden and about 
mental health and raising awareness of mental health. I hope you liked it and tune in next week where we will be speaking to Laura who is one of my gardeners on my gardener's diaries and she's going to tell you about how she started her plot and how she started gardening.